All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter number 1. Mark chapter number 1. I want to preach this morning on marks of an excellent ministry. The life of Jesus Christ is one of the greatest things that you can study. Matter of fact, we should never, uh, we should never tire uh, of studying uh, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. To be honest with you, uh, his life is, is just incredible and everything about it uh, is just an excellent example uh, for us to follow in our life. And uh, just as those verses say in, uh, in Peter, First Peter I think it is, uh, that, that he left us an example that we should follow in his steps and certainly we ought to do that and uh, we ought to look at his life and study his life and so uh, uh, Mark chapter number 1, and verse number 29, uh, I want to look at this. The Bible says, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. God, thank you for strength and health and uh, just the ability to even be here this morning. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would help us uh, to, to look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and God to, uh, to replicate uh, those things that we're able to replicate following your pattern. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at the marks of the, an excellent ministry, uh, I'll say this right up front, I might repeat it again later, but uh, obviously Jesus went around healing people and we don't have that ability, so that's not something that we can replicate. But there are many marks in his ministry uh, that we can say, hey, that's, that's something that we ought to be doing. And when I say ministry, I am not specifically, or I am specifically talking about our church, but also you can take that into your personal area of ministry. Every believer ought to have a ministry uh, of, of at least, at the bare minimum, of, of reaching out to other people. 
uh, that's one of our ministries. You say, well, I can't teach a class and I can't, uh, I can't do this or I can't do that. And, and I understand there are limitations within what we're able to do. I'm, I'm glad uh, that I'm not in the kids' class. I'm just not, uh, that's not my forte, okay? Uh, I'm not funny enough and, and uh, I don't know. I, it's just not what I, I do best. Uh, and so I'm glad I'm not in the children's class. Uh, and, and there's other things that I, I'm glad, and you're glad, that I'm not playing the piano this morning, okay? We're all glad about that because that's just not my forte. It's not something that I can do. So I understand we all have limitations in ministry. I get that. But nonetheless, we all ought to be reaching other people with the gospel. And so when I say ministries, and we're looking at some of these, these are things that we can certainly uh, put into our effort in reaching other people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's some marks here that I want us to notice in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, you'll remember from last week that last week uh, Jesus had gone into the synagogues and, and He had preached and of course we, we noticed that He casted out uh, uh, the demons out of this demon-possessed fellow that was there. And immediately after that we find that He goes to uh, Simon Peter's house. And, uh, and as He arrives there in verse number 29, the Bible says, and forthwith they were come out of the synagogue and they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, once you notice the first thing that, uh, uh, that, that happened, that took place, was uh, Peter's mother-in-law was sick. And, uh, and so, this is a side note, totally uh, off topic, but Peter was married. And, uh, and I'm just pointing this out, okay, because a lot of people say that Peter was the first, air quotes, Pope. And he was married. Hmm. That doesn't line up with some church's doctrines. Nonetheless, that's a side thing. Uh, anyways, uh, it's interesting because Peter was married. He had a mother-in-law. And here his mother-in-law is sick. And we find here in verse number 30, uh, the Bible says, But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And I want you to notice that in Jesus' ministry, one of the things that's interesting that really stands out is that Jesus proved that he cared for people. Over and over and over, we can see that Jesus made an effort to show His care and show His love and show His compassion. And we notice here in, in verses 30 and 31 that uh, the, 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 the other people, the disciples, had come to Jesus and said, Hey, listen, uh, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And, and, and ultimately, uh, Jesus said, hey, well, I, you know, where's she at? Let's, I want to heal her. I want to I make her well. I want her to feel better. And we see that Jesus made an effort to constantly reach out to people. As you think about that, I thought it's very interesting in the wording there in verse number 30. Uh, the Bible says, and they tell him of her. Uh, not just the fact that Jesus cared, but I want you to notice as well that the disciples, uh, they went to Jesus uh, with the need of somebody else. And if you think about that, boy, that's really what prayer is. 
as we pray for one another. And we're commanded that we ought to pray for one another. And so Jesus, or Jesus' disciples rather, had, uh, had brought, uh, brought his mother-in-law to the attention of Jesus Christ and said, hey, listen, she has needs. And as we care for others, uh, listen, so we need to be aware as well of the needs even of, of Christian people. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Sometimes we're, uh, we're really compassionate towards lost people. Sometimes we're more prone to help people who are lost than we are even people who are saved. And the Bible would give us a very opposite of that, that hey, we ought to be willing to help other people. And especially those of the household of faith that we would offer our, uh, and show that we care about other people. Jesus certainly did that as He looked at uh, Peter's mother-in-law and the need that she had. Boy, he saved, he, he healed her rather, and, uh, and took care of her sickness. Now, obviously we can't heal people, but we certainly can take them to Jesus and pray for them in their needs, and, uh, and certainly that is an act of compassion, and that is an act of, of showing kindness unto other people, and we ought to be praying one for another. We've had so much sickness going around lately, and uh, for the past month, I guess, since about Christmas, and... We ought to pray for one another and, uh, and in our infirmities. And we find that, hey, that is showing compassion. We find that that is a compassionate act, and they certainly did that. But I want you to notice as well, look with me in verse number 32 through 34. It's interesting here. The Bible says after that, uh, that he had healed Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 32, And at even, when the sun did set... They brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. I read that a few times. I thought, now why, does it, why did they wait until after sunset? Let me just explain. Uh, let me do a little bit of teaching here. That uh, the, the, the Jews counted the day from sunset till sunset. And you'll remember from our last passage, it was the Sabbath day. And he had gone to the synagogue to teach about uh, the things of, of God. And so it was on the Sabbath day. And so Jews were not allowed to walk. Uh, they had to count their steps. I don't remember how far they could go. Uh, they were not allowed to do work. They were not allowed to cook. There were so many things that they were not allowed to do on the Sabbath day because it was a day of rest. Ironically as well, I just want to point this out, that, uh, uh, that it was a covenant that, that God made with the Jewish people. You say, well, why don't we, why don't, why don't we uh, celebrate the Sabbath? Because we're not Jewish, that's why. And he made a covenant very specifically with the Jewish nation that it would be a sign for them. And we could go back and look at the scripture, but nonetheless understand that it was a Sabbath day. It was a Jewish group of people, and so they had to wait until sunset. Now, it's no longer the Sabbath day. Now, it's the next day. And so now, after sunset, they would say, hey, now we can walk. Now we can do work. Now we can bring all these sick people to Jesus. So after he had taught in the temple, after he casted out the demon out of that person, after they had gone back to, uh, to Peter's house and they were resting there and and, uh, and, and no doubt they'd probably had dinner and, and whatever else things they would have done. And then all of a sudden when the sun went down, hey, all these people said, man, 
That was spectacular that Jesus cast that demon out of that guy today in, in, in church. And they said, man, we've got we've to get these other people. And, and word just spread all over town. And the Bible said that they started bringing all these people to, to the house. They found where Jesus was. And they brought all of these people uh, to where Jesus was. What an amazing story as you think about it because his fame had spread abroad and it said that in our text even before. Uh, but, but as you look at it, uh, you think of this as Jesus was caring for people who were affected. I want you to notice this. Not just the guy that the demon was cast out, his friends and his family. They took note and said, that guy's life has changed. He's different. There's, there's been a change made in his life, and, and he's so much better off. And, and they were then interested and said, man, uh, you know, I've got a friend that, that he really could use the touch of a master. I've got somebody else who's sick, and they really could use uh, some, some kind, compassionate work. And you think about all the people and how that chain reacted and was an effect as, as they would bring their other people to Jesus Christ. And as the word would spread, we understand that, hey, uh, the, it was the friends and family that probably had brought them to where Jesus was. And it was all about the touch of a Savior and a compassion that He showed to the world. You think about this, as they would come to Jesus, He was proving that He cared for those people. I could imagine that Jesus didn't charge them. I could imagine the house maybe was not very big and maybe the, the disciples set up at the door and said, hey, you know, make a line outside and, and, uh, and as people come, we'll allow one or two to come in and, and that person will be healed and allow them to go out the side door and, and allow the next one to come in. And I could kind of imagine that they just set up a clinic as Jesus was there and He was ministering to people and He was showing and meeting their physical needs and, uh, and showing His compassion and care on that. I was reminded of this saying that, that says this, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That's so true. And Jesus was showing compassion on others. We need to be sure that we're compassionate uh, to lost people and compassionate to saved people and compassionate to those that are around us. And, and I think Jesus was displaying and proving that He very much so cared for people. I could imagine the line would stretch out and I don't know how long into the night it went. I don't know uh, when they would cut it off. Probably the disciples said, hey, listen, that's enough, man. We, we're, we're busy and, uh, and we have got to get some rest. Maybe 11 o'clock, maybe midnight. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But I know at some point, and the line would continue to go on, he would have to say, hey, enough and is enough. And maybe the disciples were in charge of that and said, I'm sorry, it's the last one. We just physically have got to rest. We've got to sleep. But he proved that he cared for people. And as I look at that, I'm challenged in saying, we ought to show people that we care for them. We ought to show them that we care for them. And there's different ways you can do that and different things that you can do. And uh, I'm reminded of, uh, of a time when I was in Italy. I, there was a... Uh, and there was a lady, and, and, uh, and, and she was talking to me, and, and as she was talking to me, she said, uh, she, was, she was not Baptist, she was Catholic, matter of fact, and, and, uh, and she said, hey, uh, I would really, I, I would be interested, I would like it if you could pray for, for this person. And I said, I'll, I'll do that. 
I said, you know what, let's pray right now. And, and she was flabbergasted, and, and, and I just bowed my head and closed my eyes, and I started praying right then and there for that person. And she was so touched by that. Listen, just offering of a prayer to somebody, what, how much work did that take me? Zero. How much time did that take my schedule? Not much. But yet it was a kind and a way of showing compassion. I didn't do that just so I could show her compassion. I did that because I cared. I did that because she said, hey, will you pray about this? Well, certainly I'll pray about this. And I want to be compassionate. And I want to. And I think, hey, we need to show the world that we care about them, that we're interested in what's best for them. And, and people, will, uh, people will react to compassion. They like being cared about. And these people in this passage, Jesus was proving that He had compassion on them. One of the marks of a ministry is to prove that you, have, uh, that you care about other people and that you would show compassion on them. But not only that, I want you to notice in verse number 35, and I've already mentioned that we, we can't heal people, but uh, we can pray for them and we can certainly take them to the great physician. But look with me in verse 35, and I want you to notice this. And in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. What an incredible verse in our Bible. Here you have Jesus Christ who is... 100% God and 100% human at the same time. And that's 200% I can't add, uh, but I don't know how it all works out. I just know that that's what the Bible says. He was God and He was man at the same time. And what an example to us that if Jesus Christ Himself would go out into a solitary place and spend time in prayer, how much the more ought we to do the same? Listen, I'll tell you this, in the life of Jesus Christ, you see that over and over and over again. This is not an isolated event. This is not a one-time occurrence where Jesus said, well, i got to go out and pray. No, this was a regular routine in the life of Jesus Christ. And if He had to make, uh, make His prayer life something that was a priority in His life, how much the more in our life should be a priority of prayer? And we find that Jesus got up and, we, uh, and He prayed. That's a mark of the ministry. Listen, we ought to not only prove that we care for people, but we ought to pray for people as well. And pray, not just pray for people, excuse me. We ought to spend time in prayer. We ought to make it a priority. Listen, when our walk with the Lord is a chore, done out of a sense of duty, not dependency, we have a problem. We ought to have a, a genuine, sincere desire to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus in the flesh, uh, in His sinless, perfect, unmarred flesh, He sought God in His life. Oh, how we need to spend time seeking after God. If you, can, if you think you can live your life without holding on to God's hand, you're mistaken. I used to love when my kids were little. They got older, they don't want to hold my hand anymore, but when they were little, you know, you'd walk, and, and man, I had twins, I was blessed, so I could hold on to two hands, and then we did it again, that way my wife could hold on to two hands too, and, and so we, we, we had hands everywhere, you, know, you couldn't carry nothing, but, uh, but man, you could, you could hold those kids' hands. 
And you'd walk with them. And man, there's nothing. As a parent, I love walking and holding those little kids' hands. And man, they, they stumble and trip. And that's why you got your, that's why you got to hold on tight. You know, they trip and fall. And you about jerk their arm out trying to keep them off the ground. But you save them a skin knee, all right? So you're walking with them. And, and man, you got their arm. And, and they, they trip and fall. But you, you, keep them, you keep them from falling. You keep them from getting hurt. And, and, and I remember my kids, you know, they, they get a little older and, and, and they think, well, I'm, I'm big boy now. I don't need to hold hands with anybody. And, and so they, they'll let go of your hand and they'll walk on their own. And, and boy, it's not long before they trip and fall and skin their knee. And after they trip and fall and skin their knee, you know what they're doing? They're grabbing right tight of your hand. Say, so you know what? I, I think I need to hold on to my father's hand. And as a Christian, oh, what an illustration that we need to hold on to our Father's hands. We go through points in our life, we think, man, I'm, I'm, a strong, I'm a big, strong Christian now. After all, I go to church all the time. Man, I, I, I've got it. I've got this thing down, and I'm going to live, and I, I don't need to hold on to His hand. I can walk on my own. We fall. Man, we skin up our knee. We make a mess of our life. Can I simplify your life this morning? Just hold on to his hand. It'll make your life so much better. It'll make it so much easier. Make Jesus Christ a priority in your life of walking with him and, and holding on to his hand. We make time for everything else under the sun. We make time for exercise. We make time for family. We make time for work. We make time for relaxation. We make time for the things that we enjoy. We make time for this and for that. Listen, I'm telling you, we need to clear our schedules for God on our schedule and make sure that we make time for him in our life. Jesus Christ, when he, the Bible says here, uh, a great while before day, he got up. You know what that was? I'm telling you, he didn't just wake up and say, oh, I guess it's time to get up. He planned it, and, uh, and I'm sure he didn't have an iPhone and set his alarm on it, but nonetheless, however he did it, uh, he planned it and said, you know what, I am going to get out of bed, and I'm going to make God a priority in my life. And wherever it's appropriate and wherever it fits in your schedule, make time for God in your life. I'm not talking about church attendance. I want you to notice that he worshipped the day before and the following day. This was the next day. Not on a church day. Not on a day when he would get up and go to service. But the next day, he made it a priority to get up on a Monday morning and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to seek God in my life. A priority of prayer. I want you to notice not only the priority of prayer in his life, but I want you to notice as well in verse 35, the Bible says, He went out and departed into a solitary place. It was personal. Again, this wasn't church. He didn't gather his disciples around and say, Hey, let's go pray. Hey, let's have a, a group prayer meeting. He said, no, I want to get alone with God. 
I don't want nobody else around. I'm not interested in, in leading my disciples at this moment. I'm not interested in, 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 in drawing a large crowd to come and pray. I'm interested in my relationship with God and it being a personal, solitary place where He could get alone with God without distraction, without other people, without having to lead those people. But He could say, hey, I need to get alone with God. Boy, what an example in our life and how our ministry ought to be marked with alone time with God in a personal place. One of my favorite things to do, I, I discovered this probably when I went to Bible college uh, or around that time, was, was to I would jump in my car and I would drive from, uh, from upstate New York down to Ohio and, and it was about a six-hour drive and, and the first few times it was kind of a drudge as I would travel back and forth. But I tell you what, over the years I really learned to enjoy sitting in a car for hours driving down the highway. You know why? I could shut the radio off. I could turn off the cassette. And you know what I could do? I could just pray out loud. There's nobody in that car but me and God. And you know what? I could carry on an entire conversation for hours undistracted with God. I didn't have to worry about any distractions. Man, I'm just buzzing down the road, just me and God, and we're talking. And yeah, people probably look at, who's that guy talking to? I don't care. They're all singing to their radios and doing whatever they're doing. I don't care what they thought. Uh, listen, I could talk to God. And I found that, man, I could have some quiet conversations. Now, that's not going to suffice for daily. You're not going to drive every day. Maybe you commute to work for 30, 40 minutes. Hey, what a great opportunity there. But if you don't, you need to find a place that is solitary, that you can get alone with God, that you, cannot ha that, that you will not be distracted. Maybe shut your phone off. Maybe shut other things off. And, and just say, hey, I want to have a personal time with God. Jesus Christ got alone with God. He made it a priority. It was a personal time. Look with me at the end. The Bible says that, that verse 35, and there prayed. Now, I don't know. We don't have anything written here. So this is just my opinion. But I don't think God, Jesus spent time praying over all those people that he healed at this moment. I think you know what he did? He just said, God, direct me. Help me. Strengthen me. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. Give me the ability to minister to other people. I think he spent time praying for himself. And that's just my opinion. But we find lots of places in the Bible that substantiate that, hey, we ought to pray for ourselves. The Bible says in Psalms 5.3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Uh, listen, the, the, the meaning of prayer is the act of asking for a favor and a particular and particular with earnestness. Listen, if you and I need help, you know what we need help with? And we need help with wisdom. We need help with strength. We need help with grace. We need help with patience. We need help with, with our life, living a Christian life in a wicked, sin-filled world. Jesus Christ didn't have the temptation of the flesh, if I can say it that way. He didn't have a... a uh, let me rephrase that. He did not have a sin nature to continually 
pound him uh, in the wrong direction. Yes, his flesh was tempted with the outwardly things of the world, but you and I have a sin nature that we have to deal with every single day of our lives, and we need to ask God to help us to, to, to get past ourselves and live a godly, spiritual, Christian life. And I'm just saying, an excellent mark of Jesus Christ's ministry is the fact that He spent time in prayer. He proved that He cared about people. We ought to do those things. We ought to care about people. Listen, you'll care about people far more if you spend time in prayer. Saying, God, help me care about other people. Sometimes, for some people, caring about others is not a natural thing. It just doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. But praying and asking God to help you in that area will certainly give you uh, that aspect. But I want you to notice this. Not only did he prove that he cared about people, not only did he pray and spend time in prayer, I want you to notice this. Look with me in verse number 36 down through 39. The Bible says this, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. I want you to notice there, as Peter goes out to find Jesus. Peter knew how to find Jesus. He got up, and I could imagine Jesus was already gone. Peter wakes up, well, where, where did Jesus go? Well, I think Peter, being a disciple, knew, had an idea and said, well, I know, he, he's done this before, he goes off and he prays. And I think Peter, because it was his hometown, I mean, his mother-in-law lived there, and, and I'm sure he was familiar with the area. He probably knew some of, the, uh, some of the solitary places where Jesus could go. He knew that, hey, if you went to this place, nobody passed by there. It was a quiet place, and it was a place where you could get alone. And, and so the Bible tells us that actually that Peter had to go and find him. It says, and when, he found, when, he, when they had found him, they went out and they looked for him. They knew the quiet spots. And, and, uh, and, and listen, Peter was there and he, he was ready for ministry. He said, man, he said, God, he said, Jesus, we, we got people. They're already lining up the door. We got the table all set up and, and we're ready to start healing people again. And we're ready to go right back to it. I mean, look in verse number, uh, verse number 37. And when they had found him, uh, they, they said to him, all men seek for thee. Boy, they were set up shop and they were ready to start ministering and, and show compassion further to the people that needed it. He was content to stay there and to minister. And, and listen, it would not have been wrong necessarily for them to do that. But I want you to notice a predicament that Jesus was in. Look with me at verse 38. And He said, this would be Jesus, and He said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there." Also, for therefore came I forth. Jesus had a predicament. He could stay there in the town where he was and minister to people and meet physical needs and show compassion. And let me tell you something, that there, it would not be wrong uh, for necess necessarily for him to do that. But do you remember the time, we haven't gone over it, but do you remember the time uh, when Jesus fed the, the 5,000 people? 
Then afterwards, he, got in a, uh, he crossed over the Sea of uh, Tiberias, if I'm not mistaken, and went to the other side, and his disciples had gone to the other side. And, and in John chapter 6, you'll read that the people came around and they discovered Jesus wasn't there. And so they too went on to the other side of the lake, uh, to the sea. And, and when they had arrived there, that Jesus actually rebuked them. And he said, you're not following me because you're interested in the Word of God. He said, you followed me because your bellies were full. And you, you wanted more food, free food. And it was a physical ministry that, that, that he did uh, to show his compassion and to help out people and many other reasons. But nonetheless, he did show physical compassion. But at this point, he's saying, listen, there has to be a line drawn. And yes, it's right to show compassion. Yes, you should show compassion. But at the same time, you cannot do that to the neglect of preaching the Word of God. And he says that in verse 38. He says, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And we see the predicament is, is all physical or do we continue on a spiritual level? And Jesus is saying, listen, the physical certainly is needy. He did not turn people away. He did uh, heal people. He did take care of their physical needs. He did care about people. But nonetheless, there was an emphasis placed upon the spiritual need of mankind. Yes, he could have stayed there. And yes, he could have, for the next 30, 60 days, healed people that would have been brought to him over and over and over and over again. But he said, listen, my ministry is greater than just coming here to be a... a, a a great physician and heal people's physical needs. I have a need to go and preach in the other towns. And look in verse 39, and he preached in their synagogue throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. He preached. And he reached people's spiritual needs. You see there in verse 39 it says, and he cast out devils. I found it odd. Not odd, but just peculiar. That was mentioned three times in this passage. You go back to verse 23 as we looked at it last week. And there was that man in the synagogue who had an unclean spirit and he cast him out. And then we find later that he went to the house, uh, to Simon Peter's house. Uh, and as he was there, uh, that the people brought uh, people that were sick with diverse diseases. And also it says those who had devils. And he cast them out. Then you find in verse number, uh, verse number 39 that he went out to other towns and he preached unto them and he cast out devils. And you can, you can uh, say what you will, but it was mentioned at least three times there. And I think that deals more with a spiritual realm than with a physical realm. 
That's not to say the physical realm is not important because it is. Jesus proved that he cared for people. He showed compassion to those that were sick. He healed those people. Then he spent time in prayer. And then later he said, listen, I've got to go out and I've got to preach because preaching is an important thing that is going to reach other people. And listen, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Listen, we have a responsibility to get the gospel to the lost and dying world, and we ought to show compassion and care to other people. Yes, it is important. If you go out and you only preach and you never show compassion to them, they're not going to listen to the message. On the other hand, if you go out and you show compassion to them and compassion to them and compassion to them, but you never give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're neglecting the spiritual side of things. It has to be both. You have to show compassion. And Jesus proved His compassion. You have to spend time in personal prayer in a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And they'll listen when they know you care about them. Here's an example I've given so many times and I don't know that I've ever said it here, but you go to the store tomorrow or you go to some person that does not know you. And maybe, they're, maybe they stand out because of their, their dress, their, their clothes. And, and, and there's somebody that you don't know and you walk up to them and don't try this, okay? But, but you say, hey, you know what? Your, man, your shirt doesn't match your pants. You need to fix that. Here's what you should do to match that better. You know what that person's going to do? They're going to write you off. They don't know you. You don't know them. They don't give a, uh, they don't care. They don't, they don't care at all what you think of their wardrobe. They're not interested because they don't know who you are. But if you went to somebody that you cared about and you said, you know, that if somebody came up and said, well, your tie doesn't match. Oh, man, I'm going to change it. I'm going to find me another tie. Why? Because there's somebody that I know they care about me. I said, well, I want to make sure I match. I want to make sure I look okay and I look decent. And I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, hey, I want to look right because that person cares about me. You understand what I'm saying? When you show compassion towards somebody, it's an element that is so often missing in Christianity to a lost and dying world. When you show them compassion and you pray and spend time in a personal relationship with God and then you present the gospel, boy, what a difference can be made in this world. Those are marks in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Those are things that we can replicate. No, we can't heal people. But we can certainly show compassion. We can walk with God. And we can give the gospel to a lost and dying world that so desperately needs to hear about Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. We cannot neglect to proclaim the gospel. Father, I pray.
that you would speak to hearts. God, help us to be compassionate, loving Christians. And at the same token, God, we must have a walk with you, a relationship with you. God, we must give the gospel to the lost and dying world. God, I pray that you would help us to show compassion, help us to walk with you, and help us to give the gospel. God, we'll thank you for that. And God, if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Savior this morning, God, I pray that you'd help them to know their need and to put their faith and trust in you for salvation this morning. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God spoke into your heart, the altar is open. What ways do you show compassion to the world? How's your walk with the Lord? Are you giving the gospel to the lost? These are just some marks of an excellent ministry that we can learn through the life of Jesus Christ. We'll just have one more verse. 